This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the Ten Commandments of Retirement. <laughs> Welcome, Julie Chadwick, financial planner with Stirk Financial Services. Hi, Mary. We've got a great topic today talking about a different set of Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There's all kinds of good ideas chock full in here that, that our listeners are going to get today. So let's dive right in. Okay. The Ten Commandments of Retirement. Commandment number one. Save some of your extra money. (laughs) So as you're leading up to retirement to get there, there is a good balance of how you can save your money. Right. It's called a rule of thirds. So the rule of thirds when you're talking about money is this. Let's say at the end of the month you have some extra money. And hopefully that's your situation. The rule of thirds says with that extra money, take one third of it and save it into something for retirement. Take one third of it and pay down debt that you have and take the final third of it and do something fun and enjoy your life with it today. Got to have that fun part in there. (laughs) You do. Really, it's true because, you know, we can get so tied up with thinking about saving for the future and putting stuff away and things like that, that we forget to enjoy the here and now. Right. You got to live for today, too. You do. And so using your money in a way that aligns with enjoying today building for tomorrow, that is really a great way to set up your finances. So commandment number one, save some of the extra and utilize the rule of thirds. (laughs) Saving early is number two. There we go. So how early is a good idea to start saving, Julie? Really, as soon as you start earning an income, or I mean, you can even do it before that where your parents can start saving for their children. But once you have an earned income, it's really time for you to start putting that money away. I have never, ever had anybody come into our office and say, I really regret oversaving. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't hear that a lot. Gosh darn it, I started saving so early. Right. I never <laughs> heard no you one ever. Yes. Yep. So saving early. All right. So that means that once you get out there and you get your first job and you are um, in the workforce and things like that, you really do want to start focusing on getting some savings started. Um, making sure you have your emergency fund, your emergency fund set up, and then really start focusing on getting money pumping into that 401k or that workplace retirement account. Those are your first two critical steps with that. Right, because in later years when money can get tight when you have kids and college mm-hmm. and family and marriage, so sometimes you have to slow down a little bit on the savings. So if you're doing it, really plugging it full at the beginning years, you're going to be a lot more for the wear. That's right. So save early, commandment number two. (laughs) All right. The third commandment in these commandments of retirement is to understand how taxes work. I think this is an incredibly complex one because taxes have so many moving parts and so many rules to them. change about every year. They do. (laughs) Just when you think you start to understand that there's a new tax law changed or a new bill changed and things like that. So there's a couple of things about taxes that I want to say when it comes to actually thinking about retirement. There's there's kind of an old adage that says, well, my tax bracket will be lower in retirement. That's a lot. That's kind of a mixed conception. It really is. Because if you've done a good job of actually saving money for yourself, Hopefully your tax bracket isn't significantly less. Hopefully you have a strong income. 
in retirement. But a lot of times that's all that savings that you did in pre-tax accounts that Mm -hmm. are going to hit you when you start taking that money out. Right. So don't plan in retirement for your taxes to be significantly lower. They might be somewhat lower, but it's not as if they're going to necessarily for everybody just cut in half. Um, So one of the things that I think is important to understand about this is When you think about money, there is three types of taxes for money. There's tax now, there's tax later, and there's tax never, okay? So tax never, the tax-free stuff, that's our favorite for sure. Deferring the taxes is our second favorite, and the tax now is the least favorite of all of them. But it's still good because it's money. (laughs) Right. You're still getting some money out of it. Money that you have to pay taxes on is better than no money at all. (laughs) So managing taxes is definitely important. But just understanding that taxes are going to be there, it's going to be part of your retirement planning. Right. So the second piece of understanding taxes is knowing which kind of investments can create more tax-favored outcomes. Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, municipal bond income, things like that can create a stream of income that has tax favorability. So setting up your portfolios in a way that actually puts the best tax impact for you at the right time is something that is important to be thinking about when it comes to retirement. Right, because at a point in your life, there's a favorite thing we call the 70 and a half, the RMD rule. You're going to have to start taking income out of your Mm -hmm. pre-retirement accounts. And so that is definitely going to be stuff that's going to generate taxes for you. Yeah, we have this actually as a frequent issue for people that we work with where they've done a tremendously good job of saving money in their 401ks. They have hundreds of thousands of dollars built up in theirs and hundreds of thousands of dollars built up in their spouses. And they live a lifestyle that doesn't require them to utilize a lot of it. And what happens is when you get to age 70 and a half and you have this required minimum distribution, you end up having to take roughly around four, four and a half percent of that out a year. Well, all of a sudden, that percentage might be way more income than you actually need, and you have this big tax bill to go along with it. Right. So there's strategies that can help out with what to do with that money if it's Mm -hmm. not needed for income. Yep, exactly. All right. So that is our third commandment. The fourth commandment in the Ten Commandments of Retirement is investigate health care. Healthcare should be number really, really high one on your list because it's going to be part of your fixed expenses that is just not going to go away. <laughs> yes, and not a smaller one either. <laughs> Increasing each year. Yes, the cost of healthcare is one of the Mac Daddy costs that's inside a retirement budget, and even if you're on the Medicare system, it can still be in, it can still be really high. So let's talk a little bit about that. If you are going to retire early then you're going to have to plan to spend some money on health care in the gap between working and your Medicare age, which currently is 65. Right. So you have a, to get a lot of times you have to get the Medicare supplement. Well, the Medicare supplement is going to come in when you're 65, but in that gap time, mm-hmm. you have to get an individual health care plan. And those can run it up to $1,000 a month per person. Right. Now, a lot of employers have a COBRA option. Depends on your employer. So you have to investigate that, as the commandment says. <laughs> <laughs> but the COBRA option might be a way for you to stay on your company health care for up to 18 months following the time that you actually stop working, which means that for people who've got health issues, it kind of makes age 63 and a half a target retirement age. Right. Because you can COBRA out until your Medicare age and then you can get on Medicare and the Medicare system. 
Now, when you're on the Medicare system, there's four moving parts to that. You've got Part A and B, which are done through the government. And then you've got a Medicare supplement and a Part D, a drug plan, which are done through private insurance companies. The cost of those things is going to fluctuate. But generally speaking, for most people, the cost of the Medicare A is free. The B is around $150 a month. The supplement is around $150 a month. And the drug coverage can be anywhere from $5 to $500 a month, depending on what your drugs are. Just depends on your health and what your needs are. Yep. So you're looking at at least $300 a month for health care per person in retirement. And that's if you're on the low end. But one of the reasons that you have to investigate this health care issue is if you've done a great job of saving for retirement and if your income in retirement is high enough from certain sources, then you're going to get hit with this extra special little gift (laughs) called the High Income Medicare Beneficiary Surtax. And basically, it can take your cost of that Medicare Part B from like $150 up to $450 at its max. So really, it's just kind of a whammy for being a great saver. Now you're going to pay for it. (laughs) Exactly. So if your savings is coming out as an income, that's what will trigger it. And what is crazy about it is you can have like a one-time thing happen and then all of a sudden you're in a situation for a year or two you're paying this extra special high premium for your health care. Right, because it's going to look at the previous year's earned income or income that you Mm -hmm. have and that's going to be what it bases your number on, That how much you pay for that premium. Right. So you're definitely going to need to investigate your health care. Now, the other thing in retirement that you have to investigate with health care is the long-term care world, which that we've done whole shows on it before. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a lot of moving parts as well. Right. But understanding how uh, a long-term need for health care, let's say that you have an Alzheimer's or you have a chronic health issue that you need round-the-clock care for, that is one of the things that can blow up a retirement plan faster than anything else. Right. Well, I'm literally in a couple years it could take it out. Mm -hmm. Yep. So with that, you want to make sure that part of your retirement plan is including looking at how would a long-term care stay expose you to problems in retirement planning and what you can do to kind of guard against that. All right. Before we take our break, we're going to do one more commandment. Let us have it, Julie. Focus on income. All right. What does that mean? Invest in the ways that is going to provide the most steady income stream for you in retirement. Basically, you want to be able to have a steady income stream so you don't have to go back to work. (laughs) (laughs) We never want people to have to go back to work. If you want to, that's a different story. But we never want your retirement plan to be that you have to go back to work. So focusing on income is about how do you turn the wealth that you've built into income streams that can carry throughout the rest of your life? There is an art to saving and investing money and having it grow. There is a completely different art to turning those pools of investments into the best income streams possible. It's not as easy as it sounds. And there's a lot of complexity to setting up a good income strategy from a pool of investments. Right. You have to have that money that's safe and secure from stock market fluctuations, Mm -hmm. but yet you still have to have a certain amount of that money out there, your retirement money growing in those stock market situations. And that's where we start to get into um, 
kind of the customized look at it. And that's where we use the bucket planning approach where you have your now bucket of money, which is going to be what you're going to be spending in the next year, things like that. You have your soon bucket, which is money that's going to be spent in the next 10 years. And you have your later bucket that's going to be not even really touched or utilized until more than 10 years in the future. And if you bucket your money like that, then it's much easier to create income out of that soon bucket because that's where we put the income focus focus and let the growth focus keep happening in that later bucket. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about the 10 commandments of retirement. We've covered the first five. Number one, save some of your extra money using the rule of thirds. Number two, start saving early. Number three, Understand taxes. Commandment number four was investigate health care. And commandment number five is focus on income. Now, if that isn't enough rules, we've got five more for you. <laughs> there we go. We said 10 commandments, so here we go. Number six, know your target lifestyle. So when you're planning and saving for retirement, how much you need all comes down to what kind of lifestyle you want to live and how much you're going to spend. That's the biggest question for people when they're planning on retirement. It's not really, what are you going to retire from? But it's, what are you going to retire to? Mm-hmm. What do you plan to do in retirement? And we need to know how much money you'll need to fund that. Right. So there's two ways to actually kind of figure out some of these lifestyle things. There's the easy way and there's the hard way. <laughs> there's always that, isn't there? <laughs> the hard way is to actually go through and figure out a budget. Now, some people are um, hyper-analytical. Some people really like spreadsheets. We certainly have people on our team that really like <laughs> spreadsheets. And if you're the spreadsheet net, then you're going to love our budget tool, which is really going to help you dig down and pinpoint how much money you're going to need to live comfortably in retirement at the standard you want to live. But if you're not that person, and even me just talking about spreadsheets is making you go, (laughs) then there's an easy way. And we call that the income gap assessment. And basically, it's a way of saying, well, here's the net income coming into your home right now. What are you going to lose when you stop working? What are you going to gain from things like social securities and pensions? What expenses will go away that you have now? What expenses will be added that you don't have now? And it brings us to a gap number of how much you're going to need each year to pull out of your investments, basically. Gives you a good ballpark of what Mm -hmm. we have to plan for. Yep. And what it is, is it's ballparking it against a lifestyle that's similar to what you have now. So the easy way can get us there in much less time than the the hard way. <laughs> the hard way sometimes is a lot more detailed though, and a lot for of, sure. Some, mm-hmm. Sometimes people like to do that. It's just kind of a good, you know, way to get it down on paper and kind of keep an eye and track of your expenses and spending. Yes. So for for the more analytical listeners out there. We do recommend that full budget process, but if you just don't want to do that, there is an easy way to do it, and don't let that stop you from planning your retirement. Okay, commandment number seven is don't over-depend on Social Security. Right, we hear that all the time, like, will Social Security be there when I get there? Well, we really never know. Right, and for some people, 
if you're going to be in a lower income bracket, Social Security maybe only will replace up to 40% of your current income. But if you're in a higher income bracket, it's likely to only replace like 10 to 15% of your income. So it's at best a very partial substitution. Right. When it was designed, it was not designed to be a whole retirement strategy, really. So yeah. it was simply <laughs> designed for you to be able to retire, live maybe a couple of years and then and go die. to higher places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was designed for them to keep your money. Let's right. let's be super clear about that. Right. Uh, and now we've played a trick on them that we're living longer and they have to pay out Social Security more, which is why it's going to go broke. But because of that, it's just a very small piece of it. And we don't know what the future is going to hold for it because we know they have financial issues within the system. So that's definitely why you want to put other savings in place. Right. Okay. What's our next commandment, Julie? Get your state documents organized. This yes, is a big one. That is a big one. So when you're thinking about your estate documents, there's a three-pack of <laughs> of documents that we think are important. Number three one. Must-dos, yes. There you go. Number one, you need to have a will. And the will is simply going to say who gets your stuff if you're no longer with us. If you don't have a will, who's going to decide that? The state. The state. I don't know about you guys out there listening. I live in South Dakota. I really don't want the state of South Dakota deciding anything about who gets my stuff. And take a very long time to do so as oh, well. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the second document in your three-pack of documents would be the financial power of attorney. And that is simply saying if you're no longer able to mentally take care of your own financial issues, that somebody else can step in while you're alive and take care of them for you. Right. It's called a standby document normally because usually they don't take effect until you are not competent. Right. So it doesn't mean someone can just come in when you're completely fine and start mm -hmm. making decisions for you. So. Yep. And then the last document is a healthcare power of attorney, which kind of like the same thing. If you're not able to make your own healthcare decisions, you've designated somebody else to do it for you. Right. And that's very important to have on file and to have set up because if something happens to you, we call it the get by hit by the bus syndrome. You know, if you walk outside and you get hit by a bus or hit by a car, what's going to happen if you're in the hospital? Who's going to pay the bills? Who's going to, mm -hmm. you know, get money out of the bank to pay the bills or to talk to the doctors is what the health care would do about yep. what your health decisions are going to be. And it can be very expensive to have somebody appointed after the fact. It's so much less expensive just to pay for an attorney to create a document that specifies how this is going to roll if it happens. Right. The other thing that it does is it addresses the pull the plug, don't pull the plug issue. And we all remember things like Terry Schiavo, who had a big, you know, argument between family members of what should be done with her and things like that, which really brought this issue to the forefront of people's awareness. Right. Um, and with that being said, there is an order that legally is given to people to decide things, but it that order is what creates the contention. Right. So having your own wishes of what you want to have happen with your own health in a document is going to make it so much easier for the rest of your family. Especially the most difficult time ever. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so that's your three pack of documents. A will, a financial power of attorney, and a health care power of attorney. And it's good to look at those things maybe every five to ten years. Or if things change in your life substantially, you want to make sure you're getting them updated. Yep. Okay. Commandment number nine is that emotional readiness is a real thing. So what do I mean by that? People struggle with the emotional side of retirement much more than we all talk about. 
and really more than what the financial aspects are. Right. So retirement is like a three-legged stool. The financial aspects of it are just one leg. The healthcare aspects of it are the second leg. And emotional readiness is the third leg. So emotional readiness is really tied to what do you actually envision yourself doing day to day in retirement? And how much money is it going to take to do those things? Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So the day-to-day life of a retiree varies widely. I don't think that anymore it's like our grandparents' retirement where once you retired, you sat on the front porch in your rocking chair and kind of watched the world go by. We see people reinventing themselves. We see people traveling. We see grandparents following grandkids' sports teams around the state, around the country. We see people launching new businesses and following passion projects and different things like that. So retirement is completely unique to the individual. But it does have some similarities. And one of the things that is difficult for people is once the initial to-do list is done, whether you created it or your spouse created it for you, (laughs) but once your honey-do list is done, then what are you going to do with your time every day? Right. A lot of times people say, well, I'm just going to sit and relax after they've worked hard for Mm -hmm. 30, 40 years. And really, that's not the case. You're not going to really change your lifestyle, no matter how much you think you you're going to enjoy sitting on a couch if you've never sat on a couch all day. <laughs> yeah, you're, you get bored. Boredom can be a big right. factor in retirement. So determining ahead of time what strategies you want to do to keep your mind engaged is what really leads to the strongest retirement ever. The other thing that we see happening, and this happens more with men who are retiring than women who are retiring, is that their identity has been tied into their job in a very strong way. They don't necessarily know who they are without that job. Right. And I mean, that's prevalent in society. You know, the first thing you ask somebody is, what do you do? Right. right? <laughs> and that kind and of defines you, in your mind who they are. Yeah, and all the people you associate with mm-hmm. are the people that you worked with. Those are all your friends. Yep. So understanding that this big paradigm shift happens in retirement is is a big deal. The The second part of emotional readiness, though, is related to how you interact with your own money. So when you retire and you actually start spending money, it's a really tough thing for a lot of people because you have spent your entire life saving, 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 and you've been telling yourself, don't touch this money, don't touch this money. And now you're going to start touching this money. And a lot of people feel like they're doing something wrong. Right. So this big paradigm shift happens of that it's okay to spend the money and that the purpose of the money is to actually spend it, not keep saving it. Okay, the last commandment is don't miss important deadlines. There's always the deadlines and you got to do this by this date. Yes, there are deadlines for Social Security, for Medicare, for the IRS ability to take money out of your retirement accounts, for required minimum distributions. For enrollment in health plans. Yes. You know, there's deadlines (laughs) for that as well. There are deadlines out there and you need to know what they are and how they affect you. So those are the last five commandments. Know your target lifestyle. Don't overdepend on Social Security. Get your estate documents organized. Know that emotional readiness is real. And don't miss those deadlines. We hope these 10 commandments of retirement have been helpful as you're planning your own journey. And as always, thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. 
expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturt Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturt Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.